You're listening to Radically Pragmatic, a podcast from the Progressive Policy Institute. We talk with lawmakers, policy experts, and thought leaders about the issues driving the news nationally and internationally. The Progressive Policy Institute is a catalyst for policy innovation and political reform with offices in Washington, D.C. and Brussels. Its mission is to create radically pragmatic ideas for moving America beyond ideological and partisan deadlock. We encourage analytical conversations, not your typical partisan talking points. Welcome to Rise Report series of the Radically Pragmatic Podcast. I'm Curtis Valentine, co-director of PPI's Reinventing America Schools Project. I'm coming to you today from Austin, Texas and South by Southwest EDU. South by Southwest EDU is an annual event fostering innovation and learning within the education industry. South by Southwest EDU brings together the learner, the practitioner, the entrepreneur, and the visionary to share groundbreaking stories, tackle complex issues, and build reimagined paths forward. Our special South by Southwest EDU series is called The Future of Teaching and is an opportunity to discuss the post-pandemic landscape of teaching in America. The Future of Teaching series is a collaboration with The 74, a premier news outlet covering education in America, driving an honest, fact-based conversation about how to give America's 74 million children the education they deserve. My guest today is Jean Desravine, the CEO of New Leaders. And today we'll be talking about reshaping school leadership for the future. Jean, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Curtis. Thanks for being here with us. Uh, we're here at South by Southwest EDU. How are you liking the conference so far? It's amazing. You have so many innovative leaders, entrepreneurs thinking about coming out of the pandemic, how do we reimagine education? So it's been, it's been an exciting few days. So I want to start off just an introduction. So what is New Leaders and how did you become the leader of the organization? Sure. New Leaders is a national nonprofit that focuses on the recruitment, development of transformative school leaders. We have been around for 20 years. We've developed over 6,000 leaders impacting 750,000 students in over 22 states across the country. The majority of the leaders we serve are leaders of color, uh, and overwhelmingly they're in urban public schools serving students of color. And how did you become to, to lead this organization? <laughs> Man, I have been, I've been in education for over 25 years, and I decided to go into education because education changed my life. Uh, youngest of 10, first-generation Haitian-American. I lost my father when I was 17. My mother uh, was institutionalized. My high school principal was the person who allowed me to go to college and to live the American dream. So from the onset, I knew that education could be a game-changer. I worked uh, in city government under the Bloomberg administration as an advisor to Joe Klein, and that's where I saw firsthand the impact that a great principal can have. Every school I visited, if it was a great school, you had a great principal. And based on that realization, I wanted to ensure 
that we could create great principles across the country. I joined New Leaders uh, in 2005, right after Hurricane Katrina, to build a program in New Orleans. Uh, I became the CEO in 2011, and I've been in that role now for the past 10 years. That's amazing. So we're at South by Southwest, um, and you just finished moderating a panel entitled Reshaping School Leadership for the Future. What is the current state of school leadership and how does it impact how effective teachers are and can be? It's an important question, Curtis. So just to give everyone a sense of where we are in terms of school leadership in America. The majority of our students are students of color, yet only 20% of all school leaders are leaders of color. Less than 2% are black men. And all the research shows that all students, but particularly students of color, benefit from having leaders of color. And leaders of color are far likely to recruit teachers of color and get them to stay in their roles. So it is a critical issue. Uh, and yet, to date, we have not done a good job in America in ensuring that we have the type of representation in the school leadership position that reflects the students that the leaders are serving. And so this, again, this, this particular panel, you know, this reshaping leadership for the future, at conferences like South by Southwest, terms like the future, innovation, disruption are, are, are commonly used. And you know, I'm, I'm a kind of, you know, you and I both from the same part of the world. We've, I'm, I'm pretty plain spoken. I'm like, you know, so what should school leadership for the future look like? If someone says, like, what does the future of school leadership look like? Paint a picture for those who, who, who are asking that question. You're so right. We, we throw about in education, especially right now, when you come to these conferences, you hear terms like innovation, reimagining, reshaping, but the bottom line is, when you think about what is the prototype of a school leader, it's really straightforward. You want someone who has high expectations for kids, an unwavering belief in kids' potentials, and making it clear that as adults, it is our responsibility to be accountable for outcomes of our students to ensure that they are able to live a life of opportunity. And once you have that mindset and orientation, then it becomes how do you create the, the, the systems and structures within a school to carry out that vision and to ensure that culture happens? How do you set the right culture, create the vision, hire the people to operationalize what I just articulated. And when we think about what is the ideal profile of a school leader, we should think about it within that context. And, you know, the picture you've just painted, how does that impact the future of teaching as well? And so as, as we're thinking about, you know, the leaders we're trying to recruit, the teach, what, what the teacher leadership pipeline should look like, how is that going to affect the future of teaching? Well, I, I think it, it goes hand in hand. Uh, we all know that leadership is critical. Leadership in 
any industry sets the tone. And what I just articulated uh, by having the type of leader who is able to recruit, develop, and support teachers with the same orientation, you create the level of alignment and cohesion across schools that's necessary for kids to learn. If the school leader does not have the skills and mindset that I just talked about, you may be able to get teachers within that school in pockets who share that view. It is very hard to get the type of critical mass you need within a school building if you don't have this type of transformative, equity-focused leader who is creating the culture, setting the tone, and ensuring that the level of support exists for teachers who are like-minded to exist and thrive within the school building. I mean, that's well said. I, I think you know we're going, we're moving into this time, and you mentioned it actually on your panel, um, where we're not sure what the workforce is going to look like next year, who's going to show up, you know, what that looks like, and so I mean, to know that you all are really grappling with this, this is incredibly important. I, I do want to talk about new leaders, yeah. and you know, during this series, we all we 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 also um, interviewed. Tequila Browning sure. from from TNTP and and so new leaders. What differentiates new leaders from other organizations doing similar work? Yeah. So first, it's the the data. We are the only organization in this space that can show a correlation between our program and student achievement results. Which ultimately it has to be a critical me measure of performance. Uh, we have three external evaluations, two by the Rand Corporation, one by Mathematica. All results have shown that our leaders have gotten stronger gains in math and reading, higher attendance rates, lower suspension rates, and our leaders stay in their roles far longer. So that is, from our perspective, the output. The input in terms of factors that differentiate us is that A, we are unapologetic about recruiting people with high expectations and a strong belief system in the potential of students, uh, irrespective of social economic status, and students who are often marginalized. And once we recruit them, we are we have a rigorous selection process. We provide ongoing coaching through a cohort model because uh, we believe that having that support system is incredibly important. Uh, we have a year-long residency because we think that you have to be practicing while you learn. And we have ongoing coaching and support because we know the job is lonely and it is not enough to provide support during the year of training. You've got to provide ongoing support to ensure that people are successful. You, you made news today, uh, and you all announced a partnership uh, with Morehouse College and Clark Atlanta University, my beloved Morehouse College. Let's talk about that. One of the proudest moments in my professional career. Mm. Wow. Uh, yeah, I've been, uh, as I shared, I've been doing this work for over 20 years. And at New Leaders, I think we've done a really good job at recruiting equity-focused leaders, particularly leaders of color. But after the murder of George Floyd, and during the pandemic, we had an opportunity to take a step back 
and ask ourselves, can we be doing more? Can we, in this moment in time, pivot in such a way that we can help move the needle in really significant ways to get many more transformative leaders of color into our K-12 public systems? That led to conversations with Morehouse, Clark Anna, and immediately both President Thomas and President French at Morehouse and Clark Atlanta respectively said, this is a no-brainer. Given the philosophical alignment, the work that you have done, we want to partner with you to create a one-of-a-kind, fully online certification and master's program that will focus on recruiting uh, equity-focused leaders of color to go into public school systems. And that's what we announced earlier today. Uh, the response has been phenomenal with district partners, charter partners, uh, and channel partners like Teach for America saying this is exactly what we need in this moment in time. Like I said, I mean, the, the timing of what you're doing, um, again, coming out of COVID, the idea that school leaders um, like my like my wife are concerned because this is this is recruitment season for uh, for many school leaders and so they'll we'll have a better understanding of where we are sooner sooner than later. I mean, I'm, I'm, my question to you is: Are you worried about uh, the pipeline of new teachers um, given the huge stresses we've seen in the past couple of years? I think we should all be worried. Uh, if you, if you look at all of the survey results and the feedback we're hearing from both teachers and principals, there is a real risk that we'll have a mass exodus. I mean, you have some quotes saying four out of 10 principals will leave within the next three years. Uh, three out of 10 teachers saying we plan to leave within the next three years. So there is a very real risk that both te our teachers and principals will look vastly different four to five years from now. Mm. Now, while I'm concerned, I think it's an opportunity, Curtis. I think that we also have to recognize in some cases that our teachers and principals will not always serve in all of our students. Mm. And given that reality, we need to think creatively and strategically to broaden the pipeline to ensure that we are recruiting teachers and principals who are much more proximate, who have had the lived experience of our students, and who can better serve them. And if that happens, uh, that may be a good thing. If we are in a position where we fundamentally reshape the teaching and school leadership population in such a way that we're ensuring that the people we're bringing into our system, the human capital, which is so vital, comes with it with the orientation of high expectations and a willingness to do whatever it takes to educate our kids. Through your, through your work in your position, I imagine you're meeting future leaders, those who are in training to be future leaders, and those who come through your program and our alums are in, in leadership. So, um, so imagine you, you have them all in one room, you know, um, you're having a reunion. <laughs> um, so what is your advice to school leaders intent on ensuring uh, that their teachers 
are prepared for the future of learning. This idea of like, you know, how students learn. Um, what's your advice on those to those to those school leaders who are saying, I just want to ensure that those in under my leadership, um, those educators in my building are prepared for the future of learning. Mm. What is your advice to them? One, and while while we talk about the need for greater representation, greater representation is not sufficient. If you don't have a clear vision for what is possible for the kids you're serving, uh, you should not be in education. So I have a set of recommendations. One is you've got to have a clear vision and it has to be student-centered around what is possible and how do you make learning meaningful and purposeful for the students that you are teaching. It's not enough to just help them understand how to read and write and do mathematics in this day and age you've got to ensure that you're helping to prepare them for a life of opportunity and if you have that mindset then what are the things that are necessary to ensure that you are you're doing that not only for the students but for your teachers who needs to be equipped in order to be able to serve the students the second what we have seen is the power of technology as a a community at times we have been reluctant to embrace technology COVID has shown us through uh, the pandemic that you can do some amazing things through technology and how do you think about schooling and education not as a nine to two endeavor but how do you think about it as an endeavor that's 365 days seven days a week and what are the various mediums can you use and leverage to ensure that both your teachers and your students are continuous learners. Mm -hmm. And as a school leader uh, who is tasked with creating the culture and the vision, how do you create an environment of curiosity where everyone wants to continue to learn and how do you force that to make it possible? So those are some of the key uh, points of advice I would give to a school leader in this moment in time. Brother, I, I wanna thank you for joining me today for this conversation. Before I let you go, I got one last question and since we're on the topic of the future, South by Southwest EDU 2023, what are we going to be talking about next year? My hope is we will be talking about the post-pandemic. We want to put this behind us. I hope so, man. Oh my God, we, we need to put that behind us. But I, I think it is the expectation, from my perspective, to move away from enjoying the problem. I think in education, we have a tendency to overanalyze and enjoy the problem, to start shifting to talking about the best practices and the solutions that's been put in place over the past two to three years that we're starting to see that's yielding results for our students, our teachers, our principals, and ultimately our communities. That, that's my hope of what comes out of all of this and a year from now when we are here together that we are focused on best practices, evidence of things that's working and things that we need to scale. Brother, on, on that note, that's a great place to end. Um, again, I appreciate you, brother, for all the work that you're doing. Um, it's hard work, but we love it. And it's personal to us, as you, as you mentioned, and that's that amazing story. Again, this is the Rise Report series of the Radically Pragmatic Podcast. I'm Curtis Valentine. 
um, with the Progressive Policy Institute's Ring Invent America Schools Project. Uh, my guest today was Gene Desravine, president of New Leaders. And I've had an amazing time being in conversation with him. Thank you all, and brother, you have a great remainder of this conference. Thank you so much, Curtis. Really appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Want to learn more about the Progressive Policy Institute? Follow us on Twitter at PPI and on Facebook at Progressive Policy Institute, or go to our website at progressivepolicy.org. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen and check back for new episodes. We'll talk with you soon.